0: Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Caris, welcoming you to Raise the Line with Osmosis from Elsevier, an ongoing exploration about how to improve health and health care. Due to rising awareness of the importance of nutrition to good health and patient demand for alternatives to so called Western medicine, the number of medical schools offering naturopathic programs has grown in the past two decades in the United States. Well, today on Raised in the Line, we're going to learn more about this approach to medicine, the education and training involved, and where the field is heading with Dr. Christina Connor. Dean of the School of Naturopathic Medicine at Bastyr University. Dr. Connor earned her Doctorate of Naturopathic Medicine degree from Bastyr and completed a residency at University of Bridgeport College of Naturopathic Medicine. She was one of the founding faculty for the ND program at the National University of Health Sciences and taught there for 15 years. And we're very happy to have you on the program today. Thanks for coming.
1: Yes, thank you, Michael. It's an honor to be here.
0: So to set the table a little bit, can you define naturopathic medicine for us so we know what we're talking about?
1: Yeah. Naturopathic medicine is, is really an approach and is a system towards healthcare and health. And we use a lot of elements from both conventional Western medicine, as well as many traditional world medicines, as well as a philosophy that really puts the patient's own health and their ability to heal at the center of the healthcare encounter and you know we really emphasize this idea that you use the least invasive treatment or intervention to try to maximize the patient's own ability to heal and 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 then from there you know you use things where if you need a higher force intervention, then use a higher force intervention. Our philosophy is really very all-encompassing of the the many ways that people can practice, and that can be everything from using very simple things like you mentioned, uh, nutrition as a, a primary modality and a, a way to help people, all the way up to the use of pharmaceuticals when they're necessary. And for most folks, it's really a combination of many of these different things that they use when seeing a naturopathic physician.
0: Is holistic another term that's used interchangeably or, or not?
1: Yes, it, it is. I I feel like the term holistic is, it is a little bit harder to define because... Some people will use that to say it's it's the whole body. I, I think that's kind of the the way most people use it. Basically we want to use like a whole person approach. So we're not just looking at, you know, kind of a single system at a time. We're really looking at how the body functions overall. That holistic approach, I think, is something that's very ingrained in naturopathic, therapeutic, and and clinical theory. It's something that we use a lot, and, and it's something I think that attracts people to wanting to consult with naturopathic physicians.
0: Absolutely. Are there misconceptions, you think, about the field? When you guys all get together, you're like, gee, I wish people didn't think we did this or understood that we did that.
1: Yeah, I think there are some misconceptions about the training. I think there are some misconceptions about how we can be utilized in the existing healthcare system. And, and there's definitely some equation sometimes of one of our modalities that we use, for instance, like botanical medicine. We are not strictly herbalists, although we do use botanical medicine. So I think sometimes there's an equation of one of our modalities or one of our methods for treating with the entire profession. And it, it really does encompass a number of different things besides just nutrition or botanical medicine.
0: Mm-hmm. So what first got you interested in this field?
1: Yeah, so so one of the things that I was really drawn to, I like many naturopathic doctors i wanted to get into the healthcare field it had been an aspiration you know throughout my academic career and i as i was approaching getting closer to applying to medical schools or other programs i realized that it it wasn't entirely in alignment with my own personal philosophy and beliefs I also really wanted the ability to explore other areas like nutrition I was very drawn to the use of nutrition and the use of botanical medicines so what we so what I found is that there was a better alignment of naturopathic the naturopathic approach with kind of my own personal beliefs and interests I also am really drawn to the inherent logic of our clinical theory and as i mentioned before the idea that you use the the least invasive thing as possible you know and and that is part of the tenets of our medicine as it is for for most practitioners which is first do no harm so we try to do the the least amount or we do the most with the least and i'm really drawn to that the logic within the medicine the way that we apply it and and you know the the effects that it has on people too. Uh, I've seen really a a different like level of healing sometimes that people are able to achieve when they are able to kind of delve more deeply into other types of therapies or delve more deeply into that holistic approach.
0: What do you mean different level of healing? That's an interesting phrase.
1: Yeah, I think you know so much of our healthcare system. Very understandably, is is really geared towards sick care, and I think what a a lot of people want, and and increasingly, I've seen this certainly throughout my career. There's interest in getting in sooner, and being able to. Not necessarily just prevent disease, but treat things at an earlier stage before they really get to the point of pathology that you can't reverse. And I think there's also much more interest among folks to be able to mix things. So they understand, you know, maybe I do need to be on this medication for the rest of my life, but what else can I do to enhance my own life? to optimize my day-to-day life. And, it, and that's a lot of where we can fill in the gaps as naturopathic doctors because we we do have a, a different tool set and a different approach.
0: You know, I said at the beginning that there's been a growth and in interest in this. Why, why don't you address that? What are you seeing in terms of growth and in interest and where do you think it's coming from?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's I a lot of it really is patient driven. And and we've you know, we've seen this over the year and even the way that conventional medicine has changed over the years to start to talk about things like determinants of health. And you know, it, it, that is something that naturopathic philosophy has always contained, the concept of determinants of health and, and that being such a foundational, important piece for every single person, regardless of their health status. So I've seen some of that philosophy just kind of creep into conventional care too. And a lot of that has been because patients have driven that. They've asked for that. They they feel like that's an important piece that they might be missing. And and there, it's something that they really want to. And at the same time, I think practitioners are more interested too. And whether that's because their patients are interested or whether they personally are interested, a lot of interestingly like many forms of healthcare it, what eventually drives people into the office sometimes is a personal experience or a family a family member or a friend who's had a positive experience with some aspect of naturopathic care and i think all of that really factors into this increased interest throughout the field and it extends beyond just naturopathic medicine to people are looking for uh, alternatives of all kinds.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So let's talk about the education and training involved. What's the sort of thumbnail sketch of, of that and how it may differ from what people are accustomed to thinking about in terms of medical education?
1: Yeah, so there are probably more similarities between conventional training at a a physician or a first first contact level. So many of the things that we study are very similar to what other healthcare practitioners study, such as basic sciences. Of course, that's the foundation. You have to have that before you can move on to clinical sciences. We are um, postgraduate, meaning that our 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 entering students already have an undergraduate degree most of them have followed some sort of a pre-med track just like if, and and maybe have even considered or at one point were thinking about applying to an md or a DO school or nurse practitioner school and so our training starts out very similarly in that we, we complete basic sciences clinical sciences and then a clinical practicum component so all of those elements are still there. Now, of course, the nature, basic sciences is basic sciences. Right, so that doesn't right. really change. Although we do try to incorporate more about understanding about the naturopathic approach as well as start to mix in some of these other modalities which are not usually covered in conventional care. And then we'll move into clinical sciences and that does start to look a little bit different because we will of course have some different therapeutics that students are going to learn about and gain some level of proficiency in. And then there are also going to try to understand, they're going to learn how to understand how to mix the two, like I mentioned before. So how do you deal with a complex patient who's coming in, who's already on maybe some medications, they've done some things on their own as far as changing their lifestyle. How do we mix those two together and make sure that they're still safely and effectively being treated? So, that's a lot of what we go over in the clinical sciences and then, of course, clinical practicum is putting that all together. So, one of the probably the biggest differences from in clinical practicum, particularly compared to a medical doctor or an osteopathic doctor is that we primarily train in outpatient settings and that's where almost all nds practice in outpatient settings. So we really do focus on outpatient care from a generalist standpoint. So one of the things because are that may be a little bit different also from the conventional medical system is that we don't have a lot of specialties right now. People do have areas of interest, of course, they may gain additional training in certain areas, but we really only have a couple set specialties, and it's certainly not the, the level of training postgraduate that uh, a medical doctor or an osteopathic doctor would complete. We do, for the most part, practice as generalist. so our clinical practicum is to reflect the way that the profession is operating right now.
0: What are the specialties that you mentioned?
1: So there is a specialty in oncology, right now. And one of the more recent developments, there's a couple in development right now, but there also is a specialty in naturopathic gastroenterology. That's been a relatively recent one. And we do have some some other ones where there are a number of naturopathic doctors, for instance, who might also be midwives. They're trained in midwifery. So natural childbirth is is also a specialty. And and there are some other ones in development, for instance, instance psychiatric, and mental health, that's what that's, one that's mm. currently being developed right now.
0: Very interesting. So talk about the program there specifically at Pasteur University. What do you think is interesting about it or sets it apart?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think our curriculum really helps students prepare for that generalist practice. And it gives them exposure to a lot of different modalities. We have wonderful faculty, many of whom have very deep knowledge in those areas. And so we're able to share that with the students. We also have what we call a spiral curriculum, meaning that in their first year, for instance, as students are learning basic sciences, they learn by system. And then, so the first year system, of course, is going to contain the cardiovascular system and the respiratory system and endocrine and so forth. In their second year, they learn it again and then they pick up more of the pathology. First year is kind of normal function, second year is pathology. And then in the third year, they start to incorporate. In, in going over that system again, they start to incorporate the therapeutics and the more specific diagnostics uh-huh. for them. So there's
0: kind of a refresh uh, going on as yeah, you add. Yeah,
1: so it, it, it continues to review the material, but, but with some additional material mixed in there. So that repetition I think is very helpful for students and it really gives them a very comprehensive view of how the body works by the time they've finished.
0: Are there any changes going on in naturopathic education the last couple of years or trends? I'm thinking about the impact of artificial intelligence or other you know forces, whatever they may be. so what's happening in in that respect?
1: Yeah, absolutely, just as in conventional medicine. AI is shaking up the naturopathic world as well. And I, I, I really think as, as many people have predicted, it, it is going to change the way medicine is practiced across the board in the next few years. A lot of those positive, a lot of those changes I see as being very positive. And a way what I hope for us as naturopathic physicians, and I think this is where a lot of the discussion is centered within our profession, We've long been known for being a very high-touch profession where people have a very strong relationship with their physician, with their practitioner, and I think we can still do that using more modern tools and still maintain a very strong relationship with patients, and that is the thing that, that's our challenge right now, is to figure out how to do that. AI, certainly, you know, many of the tools that we're already seeing come into place, like some of the charting tools around coding and billing and and many of the other areas around that. Those are areas that I think will, if we can use the efficiencies that we gain from some of these new technologies will allow us to more effectively focus on maintaining that strong doctor-patient relationship. And I think that's one of the things we've learned in the pa- in the past few years with the big move towards telehealth that has also affected the profession. And I think one of the silver linings that we found is that we can still effectively meet with patients, even in a telehealth setting. So we're not, we're not losing things as far as our relationship with patients, we're gaining something else. And hopefully I, I think that all of those positive changes within the medical system in general and within medical education training will allow us to more effectively focus on the things that really make us unique and that, that really help us serve patients best.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of talk that AI will reduce the priority on memorization and the diagnostic support function of AI and put a premium on interpersonal skills, listening skills, all of that. So it seems to me that probably is a benefit for you folks.
1: Right yes that that is an area that i feel like we've been we've been very strong in all along and now it's just a matter of how we how we use some of the newer tools to enhance that relationship and not and not look at it as just something that's taking away
0: right i was having actually a hard time as i was getting ready to talk to you today getting a feel for what the penetration is of naturopathic medicine in the healthcare landscape, and it may be something that's just very difficult to measure or quantify, but give us your view on that and what you think the both the opportunities are and the challenges are in expanding that footprint.
1: Yeah, so so we're a small but mighty profession, I'd say. <laughs> We've had a, a much bigger, bigger impact than the numbers that we have. And i think a part of that has been because a a lot of our especially some of the early practitioners for naturopathic medicine and kind of its revision since the 70s and 80s have gone out and and done really outscaled things to to just being a, a private practitioner they've they've written books and they've had more influence on policy and in the development of even some other professions that we're seeing that such as integrative medicine and functional medicine which which really do share a lot of commonalities with naturopathic medicine and many of the people who have pioneered in those fields have also been involved in the naturopathic profession in some way so one of the things that i think we're we're seeing now is that There's better understanding about naturopathic physicians ourselves and our level of training and the role that we can play within the healthcare system, which is really kind of bridging the gap between some of the conventional care and more natural and holistic therapies. And I think there really is a need for that. Place right there, which because there is more demand in that area and because there is more need for that area because people are increasingly using things from all over the spectrum, I think what we're going to see is an increased need for either naturopathic physicians or practitioners like us who can kind of bridge that gap. So I see a lot of demand, even if it's not specifically for naturopathic physicians, but more for that role that we can play there. And because of that, you know, I, I think there will be some expansion of the profession.
0: Do you see that happening, like, for example, by having a, say, traditional medical practice, primary care practice, embed a naturopathic provider in their practice? Or do you see it as, you know, creating more of a parallel system of solo practices?
1: Yeah, I think it will probably be some of both. And and really over the past couple of decades, that's that's what we've seen. We've seen both more integration with other providers as well as an increasing kind of solo and, and parallel, like you say, practices. I think ultimately it, it Because our landscape of healthcare is so different throughout the country and throughout different regions, I can't see there being a a single unified approach to how we increase that. Because that that could vary a lot, depending on where you're located. If you're in a rural community, maybe it doesn't make sense for you to be a standalone practitioner when there's, you know, kind of a one doc shop in, in, in you know, in town. And so maybe it makes more sense there to have some alignment and be right alongside other colleagues. Whereas in a more, you know, urban or suburban environment, I can see that just like, you know, you find more specialists in, in those types of areas, you'll find more naturopathic physicians who are working more as, as specialists, more than kind of frontline care.
0: That makes sense. As you know, we're a teaching company and we love to ask our guests to fill knowledge gaps for us. So is there something in particular that you care about or are interested in? doesn't necessarily need to be related to naturopathic medicine but I'm guessing it might be, where you would say to osmosis, you know, I would love to see a video on this or have you guys develop a course on this. What would it be?
1: Yeah, I think what I would love to see more of in kind of the media that's available, particularly to students and newer practitioners is how do they work with other providers and particularly providers who may have a different philosophical approach and maybe different tools in their toolbox so i'd love to see you know coming at it from you know something like maybe uh, you know what do you do when a patient asks you about a botanical medicine for instance they come asking you and you know should i use this should i not use this what do you do in those instances because i think there's a really uh, important piece educational piece there that where understanding maybe not just yes or no but how do you find the tools to be able to answer that question whether that's another practitioner whether that's databases where you look for that sort of information and i think that's a really helpful skill for any practitioner to have is you know if and when under what circumstances do i make referrals and what's going to happen when that referral happens because i think that's often a big unknown you know, a lot of times with medical doctors, you know, or osteopathic doctors, they may say, Well, I'm going to, you know, refer you to this naturopath or this chiropractor. But it's kind of like a black box of what happens once <laughs> yes. they get there. And I think it's helpful actually for that practitioner to know that we do have certain standards that we follow. We have kind of a common approach amongst most practitioners in those fields. And, you know, that we're still going to try to communicate as a effectively as possible with them to make sure that their patient stays safe and that they're really getting the care that they need. I think the less siloed we can all be, then, of course, the the better for patient care. Yeah, right.
0: So. More of a, a team framework for everything. Right both within practices and between them, right? I'm afraid to say we're almost out of time, but we always like to give our guests a chance to leave our audience with some advice here around students all the time. So this will be an easy one for you. What, what is your go-to advice for students and young professionals?
1: Yeah, for students, I it, there's a couple a couple things that I usually recommend. One is learn how to be a lifelong learner. I really think that's that's actually the major task of your medical training is not just all the content that you put into your head, but knowing how to apply it, knowing how to look for answers and and knowing that how to adapt because as especially as we've seen in the past couple of years, Every healthcare practitioner has to know how to adapt and sometimes adapt very quickly to changing circumstances. So I think that's a really important skill. It's probably the most important skill to get out of training. I, I. I think it's very important for young practitioners, especially to be open-minded skeptics, you know, to to be critical thinkers, but also be open to different possibilities. I think that will help them as they go forward in their career. And and it will it also give them a lot more joy from their jobs, seeing it as a challenge and as an adventure. And, and then I think the last thing I, I always emphasize, like I'll, I'll talk about this with our students during orientation, is to make sure that they stay connected to their, to their purpose, the real reason why they're there. And I think that is when you have those really tough days when you're, when you're in school and when you're practicing, coming back to the reason why you're there is always going to be important and valuable.
0: And you find that to be the case, I'm sure, in your own career. So how have you managed to do that, to stay connected?
1: yeah for for me that's i really do regular check-ins where i just shut everything down and reconnect to the the my over my overwhelming goals my overall goals i think your personal professional goals may intersect and i i think a, a lot of that in continual reevaluation of that is important to make sure that you're staying on track so so for me i i do regular kind of mini mini retreats and, and I do try to take time every time during my day, no matter what, to take some time to reflect upon those things, to, to thank people who've helped me that day and, and, and to just make sure that you don't lose the person piece in your career and in your professional life.
0: Oh, that's great advice and a very sort of practical way for people to think about it, too, I think, breaking it down every day. Well, listen, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there, but I want to thank you very much, Dr. Connor, for being with us today. It's been really interesting, and we wish you all the best there at Best University.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your wonderful questions, and I really enjoyed the discussion.
0: I'm Michael Carice. Thanks for checking out today's show, and remember to do your part to raise the line and strengthen the healthcare system. We're all in this together. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our episodes at osmosis.org/raise the line podcast.